Welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 21 through 24 of part 6, Stone Ocean. that when I was I mentioned recently that I had bought an import DS game and you never even asked what it was what was this import DS game that you bought <laughs> you're going to say it like that then I'm not going to tell you <laughs> I'm just going to leave it a mystery forever Larry tell me about your DS game it's a Ch- Chosojo Mecha MG do you know I... what that is Christ no have Explain you heard of remote control dandy (laughs) no (laughs) okay have you heard of robot alchemic drive i have heard people say those words possibly in that particular sequence okay well it's a series of games made by what is it human i think Uh, they make the uh, now all they do is earth defense force but I have heard of that. Yeah. But Robot Alchemic Drive was the only one that came out in the US. Uh, it was a PS2 game. It's like it's about mechs fighting aliens, but it's okay. controlled like from the human perspective. Whoa. Now that's innovative. Humans versus aliens and it's told <laughs> from the human's perspective? I mean literally the person, not the mech. Like you're outside the mech. And oh. you have to like move around to not get crushed. Well, that's just like Shogo, a uh, mobile armor. No, no, no. Div- no. Uh, because you are like in. Yeah, Shogo Mobile Armor Div- Division. How but... how many uh, separate applications did you have to run to get this 3DS game working? <laughs> well, it's it's just DS game, and I have a DS, so. Oh okay. I haven't played it yet either. It was just strange to me you didn't ask what it was. <laughs> uh, but no, Robot Alchemic Drive. It's um you're controlling the mech you're just not in it okay it's not like shogo where you have the on foot sections and okay so it's sections. like a, it's like a drone yes you're uh, like the dog at the end of silent hill you're pulling all the levers and stewing yeah. things okay. and like you you would think that alone would be like that would make it hard enough to control right yeah probably uh well the controls are like L2 and R2 move the legs independently. Um, okay. L1 and R1 twist the torso. Both analog sticks control the arms independently. They should make them a three-gun game for the 3DS that plays <laughs> like this, and it's a rhythm game, and you have to make her dance. Yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> Just, I really want a three-gun 3DS game specifically for the 3DS. Yeah, not Switch. No, because that would require me playing the Switch, which I don't want to do. The 3DS, on the other hand. I agree. That's a system. 
anyway, so um, Remote Control Dandy was like a PS1 game, and it was basically the same idea. But uh, this one, Chosojo Mecha MG, is, um, I guess you have a whole bunch of different mechs, and basically the bottom screen on the DS is your control panel. And so you're controlling them that way. And so it's got little, it's like every mech is a different kind of bop it or something. Like you have okay. all these weird little knobs and levers and stuff, switches. That sounds Looks interesting. Neat. I'm probably going to have no idea how to play it. But <laughs> I'm not going to look at a guy. Did you just buy it because it was cheap? Yeah, pretty I, much. Well, I, I like Robot Alchemic Drive a lot. I did a similar thing recently. I saw someone posted a review for a PS1 shoot-em-up called Sandvane. And it mm. turns out new copies for that are still like $10 on eBay. So I figured, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, this was the same thing. This is something where I would have thought it would be expensive, but it was like $20. So I was like, oh, all right, I guess I'm getting this. Sandvane probably isn't a good game, but I bought two copies. One that I can open, one that I can just, you know, keep. Uh, and so then, then I'm just going to start pumping and dumping the market uh, <laughs> for sand vein and get that price up. You have to buy all the sand veins and then put them in a wood chipper on a video. Tweeting out sand veins secured and having to go to court over it. Um, I have mostly been playing Tactics Augur. Ogre. Tactics Ogre. Uh, I've been playing that game according to the in-game clock for two days and 15 hours now because uh -huh. it counts time and days which i hate it's like mmos mmos do that i hate mmos <laughs> like for yeah, other reasons besides that but i do not need the time i've spent in the game quantified in days if it's a big number in terms of hours my brain is going to like gloss over that and not actually factor how much time realistically i've put into it uh-huh but you point don't want is to i'm grapple with the grim reality of how much time yeah, you've wasted. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So I that game, similar to a Shin Megami Tensei, has a law route, chaos route, and neutral route. I've finished the law route. Uh, now I need to do chaos and neutral. And those are all about the same length because the route split happens very early. So Tactics Ogre is the only game. It's the only game I need. It's the only game that exists. I will be playing it forever. Foo Fighters is in the ambulance with D&G. Yeah. I love Foo Fighters. Poochie's She's my favorite here. character, and I hope nothing bad ever happens to her. I forgot to watch the episodes this week, but I'm assuming everything turns out great for Foo Fighters in particular. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be okay. Anyway, she shoots herself in the head very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> she Bud Dwyer's when Poochie shows up. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much blood coming out of her head um yeah it's a lot of water she's losing yeah and it's all going into tng's mouth who's <laughs> <laughs> just i guess laying their mouth open watching all this happen small blood mouth agape i'm not sure my mouth would be open i think mine would be i'd just be like oh 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 well, that's because you got a weird thing for Foo Fighters. You'd be slurping all that blood up. Mm, you're not wrong. Well. Actually, you are. <laughs> uh, DNG gets his head blown. Friendship off. ended with Foo Fighters. Mew Mew is my new best friend. Oh, no. Anyway. 
Moo is such a freak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dirty ass hair. For half of that, I know we're doing the thing where we jump ahead again. For like half of that episode, I thought that she was just a regular prisoner. And then they were like, she's the head guard. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's the reveal. That's the point. She was undercover. She didn't want Jolene to know. Uh, Poochie's here. Foo Fighters is dead. Call me back. <laughs> Jerry, it's Frankenstein's Mr. Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back. <laughs> so uh, she gets all the blood inside of his mouth. The plankton's inside of him now. And she uses that to like twist his head off after she blows his jaw off of his face. Yeah. She mangles DNG, uh, which means we no longer get any of Yo-Yo Ma, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, see Yo-Yo Ma uh, disintegrating. Yeah. Next to Jolene and um and a sweet quick note though, by the way, I thought about this when I was thinking yesterday about how Foo Fighters was the first one who actually encountered Poochie. Uh in part four it was Shigechi who first encountered Kira. No, yeah. Uh, and also it's... died. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. Yeah, but except like Shigechi's just the worst like one of the most god-awful characters in all of jojo's bizarre adventure whereas I think Foo he's Fighters nice. is... shut up idiot <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not absolutely not <laughs> he's just he was a nice sweet boy who was constantly dripping snot and stealing <laughs> people's money and injecting them with alcohol and punching their eyeballs out yeah you know normal things yeah just an excitable boy. All I'm saying is I'm glad Sagechi is dead. I'm glad Sagechi. I'm not going to apologize for that. You're silent. <laughs> like, I shouldn't say that. I don't care. I know the last time we talked about Sagechi on this podcast, when we did part four, there were people, they were like, oh, don't be mean to Sagechi. I'm going to be mean to Sagechi all the time. Always. Until I'm dead, I will be mean to Sagechi. He's a horrible little goblin. I hate him. I'm glad he's gone. Anyway, I like the way Foo Fighters looks now that she's like fully a Plankton woman. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's just sort of like goops her way out of her regular body. And then yeah. I thought she was going to inhabit TNG's body, but no, not really. Just crawls into the front seat of the ambulance. Well, has to kill him to take out the stand is her thought process and also dng is like handcuffed in yeah there. but also atro got exploded and then she just sort of inhabited her body somehow i guess that's true um but yeah she is just going to get into a car and drive out of there and try to get back to jolene because now that she knows who poochie is she needs to warn everybody about it um there's also a bit here where they talk about was it this episode or the next one? They they explain what Poochie was doing and why all those guards got turned into plants. It's the next one, I think. It's the next one, okay. Kind of uh, watching it in the background, and I saw some of that stuff pop up, and I wasn't sure if it was this one. But Poochie really wants to know what was going on, and rather than just popping the disc out of, uh, out of Foo Fighter's head and watching it, he wants to hear her put it into her own words. Uh, yes. I just, I can't remember why exactly he wants to do that. I don't know. He's got this weird thing about, like, how glorious what everything happening is, and I guess he wants to, like, hear her articulate it in a way that 
similarly talks up like how beautiful or whatever this process is of turning people into trees. Larry, you need to say something. I don't remember this part. (laughs) I'm having problems with my iPad, actually, is the answer. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I I do not remember. Uh, But uh, she is, like, basically vamping very poorly, much like I'm doing. Just like you. (laughs) Yeah, that's why she's the most relatable character in JoJo's. Uh, I'm also made out of weird microscopic creatures, uh, but she's trying to like vamp. So she's already distract. been over this. You don't have nano machines in you. I'm pretty sure that time that I injected myself with that needle, I found outside of my apartment. It was full of nano machines because it made me feel extremely powerful afterwards. And like that, I couldn't die. And also that like my body got like super hot. It was great. I think, like everybody, I think everybody should inject themselves with nanomachines. Um, yeah, she's trying to like get her lower half to like go run to Jolene uh, while yes. her upper body is trying to distract Poochie. Uh, does because not she says that her soul lives in her ass or something. <laughs> right? That's a, she's like, the soul isn't up here, it's over there. And Unfortunately, then... she has not considered that White Snake has an even bigger dumper. <laughs> yes, as we see later in this episode, who mama? White snake ass out. George is having a great time. Quick note: there is a uh, part here where White Snake is in the ambulance, like leaning out the door, and he's become a three D model for some reason. Oh yeah, that is weird. I Looks very strange. That they, I'm not even sure why they necessarily did. Oh, that I know. Okay, I remember why it was with the disc. It, it was because he wanted to know what happened with the baby, but he would only get the facts if he got the disc. He oh. wanted her opinion on it. He wants her to editorialize this. Yes, which doesn't really make any sense because he's like, but if it's beautiful or not, that's what I need to know. Form you your just, own opinion. Yeah, Pop watch the disc, the disc in your head. Take a look. Weirdo. <laughs> anyway, I apologize for the... Uh, silence earlier just technology technology technical difficulties yeah Uh, netflix is annoying smart devices have been a burden on us all uh but yeah so she gets outside and she gets near a water fountain to rehydrate herself except uh uh-oh poochie put a disc in her that makes all water turn into boiling water which sometimes Seems like a shitty stand power, but (laughs) also a very convenient one for him to happen to have on himself at this moment in time. Right. He didn't have to, like, go to the storage shed and get those out of the tire or whatever. He just kind of had that one around. Yeah, it's just hanging on to it. Uh, But we do get a bit of uh, Foo Fighters mutating horribly as all of her plankton begin to boil. Well, I mean, apparently dying maybe well no for for a little bit (laughs) she does almost die she does and then later she definitely dies she all the way dies (laughs) um so we do get a bit back on the uh boat the the green baby is now on land and jolene and uh anasui are chasing after it but as jolene gets closer to the baby she starts shrinking 
So okay. as long as Sui explains. Quick question here. Uh-huh. Did you also think this like the stand power would be different than what it actually was? I did not think it'd be, yeah, this weird shrinking thing. So I thought it was going to be based on perspective. Where, like, when they get closer to it, it looks bigger, and so, like, it would be a thing where they have... And it also seems like it sort of goes that way because there's a part where Anasui, like, has them turn away and, like, yeah. walk away. And so I thought that was the whole thing was, like, it messed with your perspective to change size based on that. Turns out, no, it's just you get closer to it, you get smaller. I thought that was the case, too, because I thought there was a bit where someone asked like hey how does my size look relative to the yeah. baby and i thought yeah. that they were like you look normal to me yeah um but yeah but no, the actual it, powers just, you get yeah. closer you get smaller yeah and it, it seems to be more of like a defense mechanism like the baby is unconsciously doing this to prevent anyone who poses a threat from getting near it yeah um, but it has its own stand and everything do they actually does the stand have a name? I can't remember. Green Green Grass of Home. Oh, what's the localized name? Uh, oh, I think it's like just like Green Home. Blue Blue Grass of Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it's actually Green Green Grass, or is it just Green Green Home? It's something like that. It's not too far from it. It's just okay. I don't know that they ever mentioned it in the actual episode either. One of the longer ones, I could probably drop a word or two from it and skirt around it. Yeah, I didn't know if maybe it was in like one of the little interstitial bits if they named it. It I was. I forgot. Um, but Anasui explains basically that the closer they get to it and they start shrinking down, basically it is doubling the distance of itself from them. Now, I'm he no mathematician. It's quite a while explaining this. I'm no mathematician. I'm just a simple country lawyer. So I don't know if this is actually how that would work in practice. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting continually smaller, then the range that you're having to walk is getting bigger. So you this would never actually catch up to it. Just shoot the baby. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking that. <laughs> like, I was just imagining, oh man, if you just like had Guido Mista here, oh, you could just blast him. This baby would be dead in an instant. Yeah. I feel the entire uh, the entire team from part five would have immediately killed this baby. They would not be having this debate about whether or not the baby should live. They would all be on Anasui's side, and they would not have a discussion about it. Yeah, probably. Don't sell mm-hmm. drugs to kids. Do shoot green babies. You can't trust them. No. Green children. They're always up to no good weird plant child that jolene's also like blind in one eye now like it's just a blank eye can't talk except later when she can i think rocky (laughs) forgot (laughs) (laughs) well no there's that bit where she stitched her throat up oh okay yeah which i still don't but she had holes in her tongue that was the issue yeah because the thing is like there were bits that were just missing yeah and she can't, like, replace missing parts with her thread, I don't think. She can only stitch, like, lacerations. Yeah, it's also funny because when she does start talking, it's, like, right before she gets healed anyway. So there wasn't much point in it, but, eh, you know. Most of this episode's them chasing after the baby. 
Yeah. That's basically it. I, I think after like all this stuff that we got in the last few episodes, this did not feel like a particularly good stand fight, and it also has a very anticlimactic conclusion to it. I don't know. It's kind of neat when like uh, it manages to keep the bottle from shrinking so it rolls the bottle onto anisui and they sort of get trapped in it and then they trap the stand in there with it so it like turns the green baby into a mime basically because it can't get out yeah they they use a diver down to twist the like neck of the bottle so they can get out but it can't there's some interesting stuff i just think that for as interesting as the power was it felt a little underutilized like they kind of got to that point and then rocky was like okay moving on yeah um i would have appreciated if more was done with it i like it conceptually i think it just uh they didn't play to its full potential yeah i guess so Um, uh but the point is the catch up to the baby uh and it likes Jolene because it's got the same birthmark that she does. Well, I don't like the baby. How about <laughs> that? <laughs> I know you don't like the baby. You don't like any babies. Of course not. The green baby says, I'm the green baby. Gotta love me. And you say, I don't think so. Green baby hitting Poochie on the head with a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining Simpsons Poochie. <laughs> Green Baby shows up in a Fisher Price car rapping. Yeah. <laughs> Hi there, Father Poochie. You look like you have something to say. Well, do you? <laughs> so that's it for the first part. Second part, uh, we get a shot of the Mona Lisa, which can only mean bad things in the universe of Chocho's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> yeah. Feel the last time we saw this image, some real fucked up shit happened. Wait, what was it? Uh, it was when Kira was dying and talking about jacking off to oh, Mona Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Because of her hands. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That was his whole... His whole... Uh, Riazon Raison d'etre. I don't know if either of us said that right, but one of us definitely got it closer than the other. <laughs> I probably got close. Well, I definitely got closer, but I don't think I got it right. <laughs> anyway, I definitely Dio... was closer than Riazon Dieter or whatever it was you said. <laughs> it's my uh, favorite actor from uh movie. <laughs> <laughs> Office space. Office space. I'm thinking of Dietrich Bader. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to think if you were thinking of like Little Dieter Needs to Fly, the documentary by <laughs> Werner Herzog. Like confusing that with it's Rescue Dawn. And thinking, Why would I watch that? Well, you saw Rescue Dawn, right? That was no. based on it. You didn't? I don't think I did. Rescue Dawn's pretty good. No, um, I'm not sure. Maybe I saw that. Dieter and Pucci, are, uh, they're broing out. They're having a slumber party. Yeah, they're reading their books half naked on Dio's twin size mattress. <laughs> Lounging around. Yeah. As uh, one it's does. It's not a twin size mattress, it's more like a queen. Point is, big enough for two. Uh, but Dio is but captivated. No, one. <laughs> Dio is captivated by the Louvre. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> 
Uh, but this whole conversation about like basically all these great artists for stand users is cut pretty short when Dio is just like, hey, Poochie, oh, you know, you could. Well, he isn't saying they were stand users. Poochie says something to that effect. He's like, are well, you saying that I'm on the English dub again? I understand, but um, no, he's basically saying because they ha- they were able to express their feelings in a form that can be viewed by millions, it's almost like a supernatural ability. And, and, and that's what Pucci is saying. It's like sort of like being a stand user. He's not saying that Leonardo da Vinci English, was a stand user. In the English dub, he says, so are you saying they were stand users? All right. And then Dio is like, yes, most definitely. That is precisely <laughs> what I'm saying. Anyway, why don't you kill me? <laughs> Reach in my forehead and grab a foot bone out of there. <laughs> that's, where the bo- that's where the foot bones belong. <laughs> the foot bones connected to the skull bone. Yeah, that's how it goes. Maybe he's like Siler from our favorite show Heroes, and he moves that like weak point around in his body, so people who just attack his head are not attacking the correct part of his body. Yeah, you just pull the foot bone out and you look at it. Dio's and then brain. That's when you Dio's, get the ability, Dio's brains in his foot. <laughs> Maybe twists his ankle and goes all King Shark. You ever read a uh, Ultimate Iron Man? No. It's like a uh, in that version, like, Tony's body is filled with brain. Like he's made entirely <laughs> of brain, and so I think he can like shift his brain around different parts of his body. I'm just imagine, I'm just imagining a character walking into his lab, and Tony just looks bloated and sick in a chair. They're like, "Oh my god, Tony, what's wrong?" He just goes, "Tony's body is filled with brain. I'm full of brain, seeping out of his mouth. Like just a like, clump you know, of pink stuff drops like out. Zim, Zim in that organ episode. <laughs> yes." More brain means more smarter. <laughs> oh man, if that's the shit that's happening in Marvel comics, I need to start reading them again. Well, that was a long time ago. That was like 2002 uh, or something. Every time I've tried to read an Iron Man comic, it's been like far and away the most boring shit in the world. I mean, Ultimate Iron Man is not very good. It was just like that idea of Tony okay. being all brain is funny to me. I, <laughs> oops, all brains. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I've tried to read a few different Iron Man comics, and I have just find the way that Tony's written most of the time is very dull. Yeah. And then, like, if you go far enough back, everything's just, like, really racist, and so that's also hard to enjoy, or easy, depending on who you are. Yeah, it's too bad, because that's where most MODOK stuff resides. So you yeah. Kinda... Yeah. You gotta take the good with the bad. And there you go, and there you have Modoc. The facts of Modoc. <laughs> it's not uh, but, there you go, and there you have. By the way, I don't know. I I don't watch any show. Good, you take them, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. I watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and old episodes of Power Rangers. You think I'm watching? I'm looking the facts of life at White here? Snake's giant butt. <laughs> Okay, that's good to know. Thank you. <laughs> you jumped ahead. Moving <laughs> on. I'm not. It's been playing this whole time <laughs> while you were trying to remember the lyrics to the facts of life and failing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, Big Butt, uh, Foo Stop Fighters. Stop clicking. 
Foo Fighters I'm trying to disappears. The right part. There's a mist yeah. is covering the ground. Weather report um, it is running interference. He is creating a bunch of mist, so it's hard for Poochie to see where Foo Fighters is. And he's giving her water uh, so she can get the hell out of there. Um, I'm sure that's going to work out just fine. Yeah. I mean, Poochie's counting prime numbers again, so... Uh... He's in trouble. Remember like last episode where I argued that the whole like reality warping thing was not White Snake's ability. And in fact, that was just like a stand disc that he was swapping in to be able to do that. Yeah. Turns out this episode clears that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Poochie is panicking a little bit. Jolene and Anasui have the baby, and then eventually Foo Fighters and Weather Report shows up, and they link up with them. Um, but uh-oh. They're in Jolene, trouble. Jolene is hugging uh, Weather Report, and Anasui don't like that. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Anasui telling Foo Fighters, like, separate them immediately. We had a deal. She's not allowed to hug anybody else. <laughs> Also, Anna Sui's uh, very mean to Foo Fighters. He He just keeps constantly calling her like filthy plankton. Yeah, and I get that he's upset because Jolene is hugging Weather Report, and I guess Anna Sui thinks that it is Foo Fighters' responsibility to stop that, which she will not. But also, Anna Sui seems kind of just racist against plankton. Yeah, Uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, That doesn't matter because uh, then. a weather report just stabs everybody a bunch who is driving weather report oh no poochie is driving <laughs> weather report how can that be <laughs> so the, the very second i knew this was going to happen it seems so obvious that i would think that even foo fighters and the rest of the characters would have like a good idea that this is not weather report that he's just acting kind of suspicious um but at the same time, I don't know that Jolene has necessarily made the connection that that is a White Snake's power, let alone anybody else. So I guess it makes sense that they would get tricked by it. Uh, what? The whole reality warping thing. Jolene experienced it, but I don't it's know not that... what he's doing here. Yeah, it is. He's, no, it isn't. He's hiding himself as Weather Report because yes. he's warping their perception of him. But he's not doing the whole come room thing. I thought he just used like a disc or something to to switch out. I thought this this was an extension of that reality warping power that he was able to change their perception of who he was and disguise himself as Weather Report. Well, how did he do it? Because it's JoJo's bizarre adventure, and like ninety <laughs> percent of the time, Araki comes up with a power like within even the same episode or chapter, the parameters of that power change. Okay, but that's We're also like something 20... I was wondering was how he was actually disguising himself as Weather Report to begin with. We're like 18 episodes away from when this happened last, and I think that it is just supposed to be a manifestation of that power, and it just isn't operating off of exactly the same logic as when we first saw it, because that seems like perfectly Iraqi. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever, point is, Poochie's here, and he has murdered everybody. Uh, yes, or eh, pretty close to it. Yeah, uh, Jolene managed to do her thread thing to basically divert most of the damage, so she's still alive. 
but Foo Fighters is totally fucked up, and Anasui is definitely dying because he got he's stabbed like, in, like right through his chest, like in Dragon Ball, someone just yeah. ramming their hand through someone's body. Yeah, it's very um, um uh, Raccoon when Goku does the thing like elbowing Raccoon up in the air. Oh yeah, getting him in the stomach. And yeah, then he yeah, goes yeah. like ass up for the rest of the episode until Vegeta <laughs> blows him up. Yeah. I'm trying to think of uh there was in the Frieza saga that bit where Dodoria shoves his hand through one of the Namekians' chests. Like in the exact hmm. same way. Where okay. he gets him from behind and just pops right out. But that I feel like that also happens a dozen times across Dragon Ball. Uh but yeah, so Anasui dying, Foo Fighters dying, Jolene, she's fine. <laughs> kind of. Oh, I forgot to mention Foo Fighters uh, healed up her eyeball. Um, except now that Foo Fighters is dead and the healer is down, I don't know how they are going to fix damage for the rest of this part. I have to be more careful about it. Or oh, sure, just don't just don't un- don't explain it. I guess. Yeah, it could just be like most of the other parts of JoJo's where it's like, who cares? Whatever people are taking debilitating damage on a chapter by chapter basis, and then they're fine in the next one. They do not, as far as I can tell, explain how White Snake disguises himself. I just assume ju- they just say we were tricked. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's a good explanation of his powers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. White Snake has the ability to trick people. Oh, of course. He can trick people. Sure. Hey, here's here's another bizarre power that a character now has that doesn't make sense with the way anything they've done before now has been. Uh, Jolene uses her threads to form a handcuff around Poochie that then becomes a literal set of handcuffs. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. What? Sure, why not? It'll come in handy in the future if she ever does it again. Jolene pulling some Giorno shit out of her ass. Yeah. Uh, But this does lead to like a really cool fight sequence where because they are cuffed, they have to engage in like close quarters combat. There's nowhere for Poochie to run off to. uh, It's sort of like the whole thing where, you know, like you both tie your wrists together and then you put knives behind your feet and duke it out. That whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait what's that from it's metal gear knives behind your feet yeah you you've never seen that i think no. they do it in metal gear 2 or something behind your feet i'll i'll, I'll send you okay. examples later i'm not making this up though it's okay. an actual thing i i mean i thought it was like gray fox does that with you at one point but you fight in a minefield in right. metal gear 2 with gray fox so the close quarters thing is more that the area is booby trapped um and then of course metal gear solid 4 is you're just on that platform because you're a couple of kissing old men but i don't think they were handcuffed or anything during that they were just injecting themselves with nano machines much like i did searching knives behind feet fight is not giving me any uh <laughs> results but i'll find what is eventually uh Bapucci has a good plan for getting out of this which is to take jotaro's uh memory disc and fucking throw it yeah just chuck it 
Uh, it ends up inside Onosui, and he explains that if a, a memory disk or a stand disk ends up in somebody who... They're indestructible on their own. We've already established that. Yeah. But if they're, in, they're just like rubber. Yeah. And sometimes they're trippy, and sometimes they're not. But... Yeah, sometimes you can, like, slap them on a wall, and they sort of crawl their way down, <laughs> like those hands you get in the little capsule machines. Yeah, those were cool. Yeah. Or you exchange a few tickets at the Chuck E. Cheese and you get one. Oh, that that's just a waste. Yeah. Um, well, you save your tickets and you take them all back. But then some places they don't let you do that. So you got to spend all your tickets on whatever you can get. And sometimes you got like 75 tickets and yeah. all that's good for is like a Kit Kat bar and a gooey hand. Yeah. Okay. Or like a, a mustache comb. <laughs> <laughs> You know, for kids. <laughs> That's right. I got a I got a mustache comb once, and I thought I'll grow into this. Did you? Well, I did, but I was six years old when I got the mustache comb, and I fucking lost it. Oh well, great job. <laughs> I as a joke, I gave my mom the mustache comb, and when we got home, she beat me with a hose. I think you have fist of the North Star. There's definitely something where two guys like two buff shirtless guys are like in an arena and they throw they have like knives at their heels i think that you have created this of your own mind <laughs> it might be a separate thing from the like tying wrists together though that might I be different i think you have probably absorbed independent pieces of media and they've all just sort of congealed into this cool idea for a fight that no one's it actually is pretty done. cool it is cool i'll give you that I'm not, like, reacting that it's, like, weird as in, oh, this is a bizarre idea. I'm more like, I don't know where that's from, but I want to know because it sounds neat. Um, but he throws the stand disc into Anasui, who is dying, and so he basically says, like, hey, you can either, like, uncuff yourself and go save your friend and let me go, or you could keep beating me up and that guy is definitely going to die. Um, I think Jolene chose wrong. <laughs> Uh, yes, I also think so. Honestly, <laughs> I like him, but he's a dick. Uh, he acts really weird towards Jolene. I don't think he's done enough to present himself as a trustworthy or reliable partner for her. Well, she wants the disc. It's not really about Anasui. It's I, I more guess, because yeah. the disc is disintegrating. She wants yeah, to bring her pappy back. Point. But even then, I think Jotaro he would rather that she put Poochie down instead yeah, of letting him think so. follow through on this strange, some would say bizarre plan of his. Um, some would. I wouldn't. I think it's I, perfectly reasonable, rational. <laughs> to let the baby eat him? Yeah, you know. Is <laughs> a baby unhinged its jaw you, like a snake and repeat, take his whole forearm off? You, you repeat the 14 words to the baby and... <laughs> Oh and no! Some stuff happens. <laughs> That's very unfortunate. <laughs> I'm not sure why Rocky would put that in here, but um, I guess certainly the, coincidence. I, I guess the story does take place in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> There's nothing more American than the 14 words. Let me tell you. Um, 
Yeah, so she, I do like that she gets one more, like, aura aura in before letting him go, and it just seems to be, like, totally ineffectual. He's just like, oh, whatever, that's fine, I'm gonna go check out this baby now. Uh-huh. Um, she so, stitches up on a suey. Okay, yes. I, I have a note here mm-hmm. in a bit. Okay. She stitches up on a suey, um, but he's still dying anyway. Yeah, I guess, like, he lost too much blood already. I did, like, the strike that went through him was like probably missing his heart for one thing yes it was right near it so if it wasn't that it's missing it's at least nicked or cut open deeply uh which again she can stitch stuff up but she can't replace stuff that's missing and this dude got a hole punched out of him anyway foo fighters will fix him uh the foot bone belongs in your hand (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah so is that what was happening before was he was actually like retrieving it out of his hand that's what i thought okay because that's has... also what i gathered here well it's a little weird because his hands wrapped up i thought from when the bone shot through it like a bullet but yes. now it's also that he's pulling it out of that palm anyway and i don't remember precisely when he grabbed the bone and put it in there i don't know if we were shown that i i don't think so but that's why I was wondering, like, the first time, was it that, was it not that it shot through him? Was he pulling it out? Is it, no, it must have shot through him because it he looked surprised him. at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, like, shot through and took off. A, it Well, that's a thing, too. It didn't even, like, go through his hand and form, like, a stigmata thing. It, like, blew a chunk out of, like, the side of the palm. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Also interesting that he was missing that much of his hand and the solution was just to put some bandages on it <laughs> eh. you know i'm going to this is going to be a controversial controversial statement maybe i think okay. this is the most incomprehensible part of the series yet <laughs> i agree i think that it's also kind of... though not the worst No, I think that there is a lot of, and I talked about this earlier in this episode, Araki having one idea and then kind of veering off in another direction with it. And so it ends up lacking some consistency because he's more concerned about what is dynamic and fun for the story rather than being completely faithful with an idea the moment he started out with it. Sure. This part, however, feels like it has that quality literally every step of the way. Yeah, this is like max ADHD mode. Yeah, I also think that as much as I like what happens in the next episode, it also feels like a really weird shift after what happens here to just immediately go back into the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever, uh, I'm still it's liking this. Like, as far as I know, we, never, we, we don't see Anasui again. Anyway. No, that was driving me insane. Because he does survive this. He's talking to Foo Fighters telepathically. I guess so. <laughs> just being like, I hope you can hear me. God, I really hope you can hear me because I'm fucking dying. Please help. <laughs> um, Foo Fighters, uh, being too much of a nice person, uh, uses yeah. basically the last of her life to bring him back to life. Yeah, and we get another... I've said it before, I always like it when we get a bit of like a character showing up as a ghost. Yep, I think Araki is very good about doing 
that in a way that is tasteful and heartfelt instead of it feeling kind of like cornball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this bit with Foo Fighters, I think, is my favorite instance of that happening. Like the message that she shares about, you know, she was worried about losing her identity, but the fact that she's made such good friendships that Jolene can cry and mourn over her death is proof that she existed at all. And that at least makes it so she can die happy. And not wanting to be brought back to life because then she would be a different Foo Fighters. Yeah. yeah. Which also is a really good way for Rocky to cover his ass and not just have it be that they just reconstruct Foo Fighters in a couple episodes. Um, There is a moment where I thought what was going to happen with this was the same thing I thought would happen or that you thought would happen with D&G where she would end up becoming Anasui. And then I was really getting behind the idea that Jolene and Anasui do get in a relationship (laughs) because it's Foo Fighters. Yeah. It's like, oh, that'd be a really cool idea. I want that to happen. But no, she just dies. Um, it's like Iraqi's way of getting around homophobia in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a version of that DS9 episode. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's fine. The trill inside her body is a guy, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so what my note I was going to mention was there was a part specifically where the baby is sleeping and it shows a pebble rolling towards it and the pebble gets smaller. Yeah. Poochie goes towards it. Nothing happens because he's reciting because he's reciting the 14 words. <laughs> well, is baby's that a fucking racist? Cause it was asleep. Yeah. So I think the, the way that I understood this, cause Dio explains his whole plan the plan itself, by the way, makes no sense. I don't understand what weird logic in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure this is operating off of. Dio barely understood how stands work when he met Inyaba, and now all of a sudden he knows how to basically evolve his stand. Um, this, I think, is something different. Like, this whole plan that he has is something else, but... Maybe vampiric in nature? Maybe. But... I think more... Uh, I don't know, operate basically magic. The way that this plan works essentially is that he has to find someone who he can trust, who is a very devout man, a man who very specifically does not want to have sex, which I found confusing because I watched all these flashback scenes and I thought, <laughs> yeah, that there was like a Thanksgiving dinner of sex happening between these two. Well, he, he says he has to not be tempted by it, but you know, if it's just him and Dio, that's fine. So was so Dio trying to groom young Poochie? Yes. But the plan the entire time was yes. to do a reverse grooming. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe if he successfully groomed him, then that would mean that he was not the right candidate. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know anything Machiavellian schemes? <laughs> but the plan is to find someone he can he can trust, give him part of his body, find a precise number of sinners, and kill them as an offering. And then he has to give the person he trusts fourteen words, which he etched onto his stand, so he would never remember. He would never forget them. And then at sure. some point, he would have to give up his stand to initiate its evolution. So, so the way that I understand this is the 14 words he carved into the world acts as a code. If somebody yes. who he trusts 
has that code that is a sign of trust between them. So if he's reciting the 14 words to the baby, then the baby understands the code and knows he's not a threat. So I get that. But my point was it was asleep. And so like the, I thought the whole point would be it didn't have control over the stand. It would have shrink you, something that got closer to him anyway. Have you ever not had somebody talk to you while you were asleep? I hope not. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. I do it all the time. What You mean you weren't hearing me? Uh-oh. I kept whispering, watch Mithrigan, watch Mithrigan. <laughs> and you downloaded it, so I thought it was working. Well, hey, now. I uh, I went to a very... Uh, wait, is it actually on streaming sites yet? Sure it is. It must be. It, <laughs> right now, there there is to, no other way you could have got it. I went to a streaming site and... <laughs> <laughs> Covering my mouth translates really well here. <laughs> Mr. Black. Um, Someone mysteriously DM'd you a tiny URL link and you click that. And it... I always click random links. <laughs> Drew Barrymore got in touch with you. She's like, hey, check out this link. <laughs> She's, yeah, Drew Barrymore's a good friend. She's especially uh, friends with us because of our proselytizing for uh, santa clarita diet unjustly canceled all these people bitching and moaning about unjustly canceled netflix shows we were mourning the loss of good netflix shows before it became vogue yeah santa clarita diet got done so dirty yeah. Anyway, anyway, please watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's uh, currently on Netflix. <laughs> I'm watching it right now uh, on the Netflix application on my information pad. Uh, Poochie's got head hair, face hair, but not the kind like normally that people have. No, he's got it's like all over the place. He's got like that Final Fantasy X hair where it ain't make no damn sense. Yeah, the kind you love. Oh, no. No. He also has triple ponytails. I do like, like go that. through holes in his collar. Yeah. I I do like that. I think that's good. I don't like the facial hair stuff. I hate that. I like the rest of it. I'm fine with the rest of it. Um yeah, so the the baby he pulls the bone out of his hand and then the baby bites his hand and then his hand and his forearm <laughs> blow up and then he gets dragged into this field. And it was really funny because you just see like Poochie's legs like kind of flying off in the distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the baby now. Bye. Um, Later. <laughs> so now Poochie's reached his second form. Uh, he's yep. got these weird eyelash things going on that look like the baby. So presumably him and the baby have fused together into one being. Yep. It's just um, like, yeah, Poochie goes, yes, 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 I can do it. I feel amazing. <laughs> so he's leaving the prison. Uh, he no longer needs anything there. He has to go to a certain location. He, he's got coordinates. And like on a certain day at a certain time, something's going to happen and he's going to get to heaven. Uh Meanwhile, Jolene is back in the prison. She is locked up, uh, basically in like solitary confinement, but like not the center she's, she was in previously because like some really in, bad shit happened there. She's in max security. 
but okay. it's not like that uh what like punishment ward or whatever it was called i think they had to close the punishment ward down <laughs> well they they had a whole bunch of like uh human trees growing around there <laughs> there was uh, a very unusually dressed gentleman whose ribs had become spikes and then <laughs> the centurion is missing his head yeah, there's also a little goblin man who had become a spring and was in a bucket we left for 10 minutes what happened <laughs> <laughs> And Porio um, has to check on Jolene, who I don't remember if he did this before. Now he calls her Onechan. Did he do that before? I have been watching the English dub. Oh, so. right. <sighs> Stupid. Okay, well, whatever. You're just missing out on this nuance. Well, probably. But he uh, he has Jotaro's disc, and Jolene's just like, you need to get the disc back to the Speedwagon Foundation, and then we are busting out of here. Like, we need to go after Poochie. It's what my dad would have wanted. My dad would have also wanted me to just kill him at the time, but oops. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle dumpskies. Whoopsie doodle dumpski wumpski wumpskies. <laughs> and so Emporio's not into this idea. He thinks it's a terrible idea, even though it's a good idea, actually. Yeah, they should get out of prison. There. Yeah. Well, they kind of explain later, like, really what's going on with him is that he personally is afraid to leave the prison because yeah. the prison's all he's ever really known. So, like, yeah, I, of course. I, get um, I am no just now noticing they do have a shot of weather report in a cell. Yeah, they do. Uh, but I don't think they show Anasui at all. I don't think so. Um, I also wonder, like... <laughs> what happened with weather report because he did the whole miss thing to save foo fighters uh but then i don't know i guess like, <laughs> like foo, guards... or, white white snake says something like um i had to bring her here before the real weather report caught up but he yeah. would have been there uh yeah his stand is able to work at a distance, so maybe he hadn't quite got to them before Poochie enacted his plan, and then also there were, like, guards coming to the, like... No, I, I mean, wars. he was there when he, to uh, save Foo Fighters. And so then Whitesnake went with Foo Fighters the whole distance from there out to the swamp. Yeah, I think that Weather Report kind of just showed up and was like, uh, where's Foo Fighters? And then he got arrested. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um... It doesn't, it's not that important in, in any case, but... None of uh, it is. Mew Mew shows up. Mew Mew. Her stand is jailhouse lock, and it is full of brains. <laughs> it's got a big old brain. Um, Check I, out the brain on Brad. <laughs> I thought that, because obviously this is referencing jailhouse rock and Elvis yeah. Presley song, and so I assumed like... Oh, Wait, okay. what? Jailhouse Rock. Oh, isn't it Bill Haley in the comments? I think it's also Elvis Presley. Maybe Elvis Presley I they did both a cover. Did. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, ob the, yes, obviously Elvis one's the most well-known one. But Yeah, the, the reason why I brought Elvis up in particular is because I thought that this was a case where they localized it to Jailhouse Lock, and I was about to have another <laughs> yes. like, limp viscid aneurysm because I thought that sounded terrible. Turns out it was always called Jailhouse Lock, uh, so yeah. it's actually a really good name, and I like it. <laughs> 
it's well, it... that's weird one because in the Japanese, like it's hard to tell if it was actually supposed to be rock or lock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's supposed to be rock because that's what the name of the song is. But sure, it could have been some sort of. Actually, I don't think that I think that Araki would have been just well read enough that he would have known the right letter to use for that. I wonder if it's more of like a kanji sort of thing where it's a it's a pronunciation thing. I don't know. Point because, is, it's jailhouse yeah. lock. No matter what the case for the the reason it being named that is. It is still a reference to that song, Jailhouse Rock. Which, by the way, turns out, uh, yeah, the Elvis version was the first one. I also thought it was oh, okay. cover, but it was made for that movie. So, okay, okay. I he didn't write was, it. It's Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, but Elvis didn't write. Basically, I don't listen Elvis. to Elvis Presley music. I am not a boomer. Okay. I don't listen to any music uh, before Mbop, uh, which to me is basically the start <laughs> of music. Okay. Why did you say it like that? Mbop. Before Mbop. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it like the way James Bond says derogatory terms towards women. <laughs> I'm just imagining that scene now the exact same way that it is but with him saying mop. Puts a gun on her butt and then goes mop. <laughs> Jailhouse Luck uh, is here to give... Jolene's going to experience the worst stand power we've seen yet which is just dementia. <laughs> Uh, our newest entry in Araki saw a movie uh, Araki saw Memento Yeah you looked this up to verify the dates I kind of just assumed that it had to be connected to Memento because it is so nakedly Memento I mean even if it didn't have the part where she's writing stuff on her body then it still would have been pretty obvious Jolene's got a case of the Memento yeah. of the bizarre variety yeah, but um, this chapter of the manga came out uh, December 2001, and Memento came out a few months earlier. We've been around is... that time in, J- in in Japan, but you know Araki's got hookups. He saw it before then. Oh yeah, he got... Or at least he got saw a, a trailer. Burned to a DVD by someone he knows, I'm yeah. sure. Which was the way that I watched movies around this period in time, as my dad knew someone at work who just had access to all these movies that were coming out and would just burn them to DVD. So we had Batman Begins while that was still in theaters. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that they were getting rips from whatever the movie theaters would have had access to because these were not like, oh, they filmed the screen. They were just the movie on a DVD. They were good quality. Anyway, point is, um, (laughs) Jolene's... (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Jolene's roommate... Uh, what's her face? We haven't seen them in a very long time. Gwes. I just want to point out that she's reading a crossword puzzle book like it's a novel. <laughs> yeah, you know, as you do. <laughs> um, Jolene has writing all over her body. Well, um, the other thing is, though, Jolene keeps taking her pens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's actually why she's doing it. But she's got writing all over her body that basically is trying to explain what's going on and give her important things to remember because the way that jailhouse lock works 
And speaking of things having zero consistency to them, this stand power from top to bottom does not work <laughs> the way that it is described. But no, not really. You can only remember three things. And then every time you get a new thing, like you process something new, some new bit of information, some old piece of information leaves your head. You can only retain three things at a time. Which so is she's a cool writing. Idea. It is. Uh, also makes me think that if Poochie had access to this power, he should have used it a whole lot earlier to distract <laughs> all these fuckers yeah. instead of letting things play out the way they did. Or just in general to keep his uh, identity and everything a secret. Yeah. Like he should be using that on basically everybody. That would have been an easy mind wipe. Um, possibly. Cause I, so one thing I, this gets a little confusing later. At first I figured it was that you would retain any piece of information that you had absorbed before jailhouse lock was in effect. So that's yes. how she knows Gwes and how she understands why she's in prison and her way around it. But then later on, there's a bit where she sees Emporio and she's like, wait a minute, I know you, you're Emporio. And the way that she phrases that makes it seem like she would have forgotten who Emporio was. I don't remember saying that because yes, that that's how it was shown to work because she specifically remembers I was in that cell. I saw somebody coming down there and like around there is when it gets fuzzy, but she remembers everything up to then. Yeah. But point is, she's got a bunch of stuff written on her body that says, like, okay, first of all, find a pen so you can write stuff down. Uh, second of all, Hannibal, don't trust him. Uh, third mm -hmm. one is uh, got to find Emporio. Need to find little baby baseball boy. And so she's no, got it's like, like it's like find the stand user. Well, she has like that too, but there is one that she keeps referring to that says find Emporio. Oh, um, no, she adds that later. She doesn't. I thought she had it on. No, she gets it later. Okay. Because um, that's later it gets wiped off and then that's when she like puts it in there with thread. Oh, right. Um, but yeah, she she's using this to remember what to do. But at the same time, she has written so much information down on her body. There is no conceivable way for her to come up with a reliable plan. She'll read one thing and then she'll read another and she'll forget the other thing. And she'll just kind of keep going in this loop of forgetting shit. Um, I'm imagining her just like shooting Emporio after he's like, <laughs> for Christ's sake, Jolene, I'm a John G. <laughs> There's a the bit Polaroid. where Wes pulls out this card from her pocket that's almost like Joker's card that explains how he has a condition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like you experienced a traumatic event and you now have a super specific form of amnesia. <laughs> Anyway, but it's fine, though, because it won't <laughs> affect your life as a prisoner, so we just yeah. put you back in gin pop. <laughs> also, this happened like two days ago. Um, so she keeps running into Mew Mew periodically, and Mew Mew... <laughs> Speaking of which, presumably that means Emporio has been electrocuting himself for two days straight. Hell yes! Well, there's there's been at least a point in time where he was actually doing stuff. So we don't know oh, yeah, for yeah. sure how long he's been electrocuting himself. But the funniest answer is that he's been doing it for two days. <laughs> yeah. So that's the answer that you and I are going to go with. That is stand and deliver cannon. Um, uh, Jolene, uh, with her newly onset Alzheimer's, uh, doesn't remember how to get food. 
or no. anything like that. And uh, at one point just starts eating Gwes's food because she's like, well, I just woke up and there's food in front of me. Must be mine. Yum, yum. <laughs> I do like a later. What what kind of foods do you think that they serve in prison? <laughs> oh, do you know, penne. <laughs> hot dogs. Uh-huh. Uh, they might have hot dogs. The big, good-looking hot dogs? No, definitely not. Vegetable medley. Yeah, vegetable medley, you know. A nice caprese salad. Yeah, a bottle of Perrier to wash it all down. (laughs) (laughs) Green Dolphin Street does it right. Yeah, Green Dolphin Street has a... Made-to-fit little baseball uniforms for young boys with logos for the prison on it. I did not notice this until... There's nothing strange about that. I did not notice that actually until this episode where I was like, wait a minute. Emporio has like the green dolphin logo on his hat and he's got like the dolphin symbol on his uniform and then like all the guards are when they finally see him they're like oh my god what's a little boy doing in the prison who the fuck made his outfit (laughs) i don't know don't you see other people wearing it at some point like when they're out in the yard there might have been like other baseball players but who in that prison who belongs in that prison is that size maybe his mom made it for him but i can't remember when his mom died relative to like how old he was maybe he tailored it himself Emporio also, by the way, has got a Krillin thing going on and that he looks like he is 35 years old, but he is like two foot six inches. Yeah, he's not. He's like 12 or something. He's like weirdly muscular for his age. Yeah, he's got like he's got sort of a Robert Blake head. Yeah, he's got a face like a catcher's mitt, which I guess is appropriate because he's a little you say that man. a lot. Come uh, up with some new because it's metaphors. Okay, yeah, I understand. Uh, he's got a face like the space between White Snake's ass. I don't know. It doesn't really work. <laughs> he's got two of them? No, the space between his ass. That's what, <laughs> the crack? What are yeah. you talking about? Oh, okay. it's it's like, that's well, a like, weird way to phrase it. From like his balls all the way up through his like taint and his butthole. Like, yeah, that whole that whole space. Well, yeah, that's the taint. Not the space between. <laughs> I don't. I don't. This is why I say catcher's mitt. Okay, stick to catcher's mitt from now on. I can't on. improv a, another like metaphor for a leathery, weird, aged face. Hey, do you like uh, mustard on your hot dog? Yes. Do you like ketchup? No. Well, oh. Okay. Do you like? dressing <laughs> whatever kind of dressing it is oh that sounds pretty good uh maybe you could add like a cockroach to that too oh yeah maybe i mean i need the protein i understand there's a lot of that in the hot dog but um no i don't like mustard on hot or, or no i like mustard on hot dogs i don't like ketchup on hot dogs at all i like both they're fine doesn't really I, matter hot i dog's don't... a hot dog I don't have a lot of food elitism because you've seen the way I eat and there is no possible (sighs) way for for me to have any elitism about what I consume, except the the one thing that I recall recently when you were saying you were eating so much, just like plain rice that you were concerned about (laughs) the arsenic content. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, there was that time I sent you a picture of my lunch, and it was just a full package of chocolate oh. graham crackers and like half a tube of Pringles. Oh, I thought you were going to say a time you posted that like imitation crab stuff. That was yeah. You know the fucked up part is I post these because I understand it is a very funny thing for a grown man to eat for lunch, but also I do eat that for lunch. Oh, like, I know. Specifically with the Pringles and the graham crackers, I had forgotten to go to the store, and that was like all that I had. Um, <laughs> so that was open, my lunch. Opening a cabinet and like a moth flies out. <laughs> But I'd, I at least had the good sense to take a picture of that because I realized when I plated my Pringles and graham crackers that I had a fucking disaster on my hand. Um, no, the one thing I get elitist about is Chicago-style hot dogs. I think those are the best way to eat hot dogs. What's that? That's just where you pile all the crap on it, right? Uh, yeah, so it's like uh, slices Great. of slices of tomato, celery, oh, no, salt... Thanks a strip of uh, like a slice of pickle, a bunch of onions, some relish, and then mustard. Yeah. So it's like a salad with a little hot dog underneath. Sort of. So I don't, I don't do the tomato cause I have a weird like texture thing with tomatoes. Yeah. I but don't like, like every, cold tomatoes. Yeah. It, everything else has, it, it's like a, a bitter or sharp or salty taste. And so it ends up pairing well with like the actual hot dog. Um, oh, Wow. Gordon Ramsay over here. Tell me more about this umami smorgasbord. <laughs> Serving Gordon Ramsay a hot dog I made, but I put it in the microwave so it's fucking blown up. <laughs> it's just like wilted everything on it. Uh, chef, I figured that it would make a trench for all the toppings to go into. <laughs> just in tearing up as he vomits uncontrollably into a napkin. By the way, chef, you uh, you eat the bun as well, like the the container that the meat is in. You, it's edible. <laughs> the bun is wet. <laughs> Dunk it in water, like like the competitive eating guys. Like here, this will help you cram it down your gullet faster. No, I was thinking it's more like I only had dirty plates, so I quickly washed one off, but I didn't wipe the plate off afterwards, so it's still wet. So it's just the bottom of the hot dog bun is all soggy. <laughs> let, let the record state, in case there was any doubt, I do not know how to cook food, but boy, I know how to fuck it up. <laughs> you got that right. I'm the I'm a five-star chef at screwing food up the prison food in this part looks like infinitely better than anything i am capable of making correct uh even with the cockroach inside of it which we kind of got away from things Mew Mew is showing up periodically to kind of fuck with jolene and i assume to also kind of test what she knows she i just... thought it was just like to put stuff in her brain to erase other things like that's specific specifically why she's like you're you like mustard and you like ketchup and you like dressing to give her three things yeah. to push everything else out to divert stuff but i think she's also trying to like keep an eye on her to make sure either a jolene doesn't start to put things together and come up with a plan yeah and b to figure out if she knows anything that may be useful to mew mew because Again, later on she's like teddy and memento she's keeping yeah. tabs on her because like later on the, the 
the sort of uh, she gets that information about I need to go find Imperio, and so Mew Mew sees that and is like, okay, well, she can lead me to this Imperio guy because clearly he's important. Um, but yeah, I like the way that the stand power works. I think that they show it off in some very fun ways in this episode. It starts to fall apart conceptually in the following episode. I do really like, by the way, how uh, almost everything here is pretty much exactly like an episode of Doctor Who that I've told you to watch and you refuse to. I don't think I would like Doctor Who. <laughs> it's like it's exactly the same thing as this, though. Uh, this episode does end, though, on the bit that we have been referring to, which is Imperio is also under the effects of the stand and he does not realize it. I think he, he knows enough that he is also writing stuff down on him, but he has like a whole jug of water that got knocked over next to like an electrical outlet that's near the seam that he's able to use to get in and out of burning down the house. And he is stuck in this infinite loop of going, Oh no, my water spilled. I need to unplug my computer from the wall and then electrocuting the shit out of himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> it's a good bit. Um, if that were set up like like, a constant loop of like Dale Cooper trying to get out of the Black Lodge. (laughs) Uh, I do think that if that were set up intentionally by Mew Mew, which we know that it is not, but if she were able to use her power to essentially create a situation where you would be stuck in a loop of understanding the three same facts, but those keep putting you in harm's way by the end of it, Mm -hmm. that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, Mostly, though, she uses it to, like, spit in people's food, I guess. And <laughs> well, she is the head guard, pocket. so, you know, she's got issues. Yeah. Um, but yet, there's also also kind of what you were saying is, like, she does this whole ruse at, um, at the lunch so she can spill coffee on Jolene and then wipe away the stuff that she's written down. Yeah, and she also, she takes that card out of her pocket, too, and I think, like, rips it up. Yeah, it's just her lunch card. Didn't really matter. It was lunch card? I thought, yeah. okay. It was, I had a, a moment. it was Gwes's lunch card. I had a moment where I thought it was the card that explained what was going on, so she wouldn't have uh, any idea what was happening. Oh, maybe. Yeah, at that point, she could probably could have taken that before anyway. She could have, I, yeah. I thought, I thought it was Gwes's lunch card she just ripped up, like, just it, to be annoying. It might have been that. I thought it was the card explaining the condition because Jolene already has to like harass Wes for the answer because she doesn't know that the card's in her pocket. Uh, and without a good bit that, where she says, um, she asks something to Wes. Like Wes is like, "Huh? You haven't asked that one before." <laughs> I love Wes. Wes is still one of my favorites. Yeah, it's I good still that want... she keeps showing up. I still want Gwes to trap me inside of a rat and like call me a worm or something. Um, Weird. The... No, it's normal. That's like weird. I, I okay. It's weird. I need it to be normal. I just need you to give me this. <laughs> no. Uh, the start of this next episode is basically like watching uh, or listening to this podcast. Um, Jolene is watching a show and has to keep <laughs> rewinding it because she doesn't understand what's going on on account of her condition. Uh-huh. So there's just a lot of her going like, wait a minute, what happened? And then everybody gets angry at her and uh, <laughs> wants her to leave. 
Everyone's like, kick her out. Take the remote. Get her the fuck out of here. Remove subscription. So she... Jill, I got the same condition as Jolie because I forgot to cancel my Paramount Plus for like five months. Did you uh, say that last week? I'm yeah. I'm sure you brought it up here. I, I did. I'm just referring back to the fact that I forgot to do that. I did finally cancel it, though. So oh, okay. Well, congratulations. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The only reason that I realized that, this, that, that I didn't in the first place is I would check in a bank statement. It was just like $12 for Paramount Plus. Just realized, oh no, Get I made a horrible here. mistake. <laughs> um, she also goes to the recreation room where there's a bunch of comic books, so we get a return <laughs> to the Oingo Boingo style of comics. Yes. This because... one of a couple of weirdos in a jail. Yeah, it's yeah. real good. I really like this bit, but my favorite part about it is in the <laughs> comic, it is the dude with the massive head that is sitting next to her also yes. reading comics. Just a gigantic head, like as big as like half of Jolene's body. <laughs> I wonder if that's supposed to be someone. Araki went from giving characters elf ears to just drawing them with bowling ball shaped heads that are like one third of their entire body mass. That has to be somebody, right? It must be. Like but someone I... from TV or something? God, holy shit. Just the way that dude looks. Yeah, it, it, it's very like Mad Magazine caricature or something. Yeah, I would look it up, but I would have to start like sifting through the JoJo's wiki and looking through like trivia yeah. sections, and I don't want to do that right now while we're recording. Afterwards, I will. But, um, but yeah, she, she is. She doesn't understand why she's going to any of these places or what she's doing necessarily because she's still trapped in this uh, state of only remembering three things, and so she's almost totally diverted off of trying to break out of the jail and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and then I am trying to, cause there's a bit where she, she's basically just like running down these hallways and then you can't remember what way she went. Okay. That's right. I was looking for the part where she runs into Mew Mew. And I think she just has this moment where she's looking at her and was like, well, she's definitely dressed like a Jojo's bizarre adventure character. So I should punch her in the face. <laughs> uh, she, she sees her stand. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would also tip her off. Yeah. Or the no, weird... no, it, it's because, wait, you're, you're skipping ahead. Okay. There, there's the part where, um, she chases her, through the hallways and then she gets to Emporio. Yeah. But no, yeah. she first sees her sitting in the hallway reading a book though. Oh, that's before that? Yeah. Okay, She's well like, then, that, then she had a thing written on her hand like when you see somebody looking at your left hand uh punch, don't <laughs> delay. Like, yeah. Immediately punch them. And so that's what she does. I just like the idea that she is very confused and she sees someone dressed that way and goes, "Well, this yeah. must be an enemy stand attack. I mean, she has like very stiff hair. It defies yeah. physics. It looks kind of dirty. Yeah, it does. Thing. Yeah, yeah it I don't. Looks like a like bad dreadlocks, you know? Yeah, when they start to like fray and everything. Yeah, they, yeah it's nasty. I hate. I like Dirt... you. I think she's very nice. <laughs> What the fuck, man? Very nice. I <laughs> this, like. This is weirder than my fixation on the book. 
<laughs> no, Mew Mew is gross. I was looking um, on the wiki uh, to see if maybe the entry for the episode said anything about who that was supposed to be and nothing. So, I don't know. It's a mystery. I'm just glad you said that, not Mew Mew. She is a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck were we? Oh, right. Jolene is doing this really cool thing where she unravels, like, almost all of her entire body and is just, like, clinching onto someone's back as, like, a distraction. Or not a distraction. She's, like, they're looking for her, but she's, like, riding on the back of one of them. Uh, But she knows to go find Emporio. She finds his little uh, burning down the house, like, seam in the wall. And as soon as she steps through it, she gets electrocuted. Uh huh. But she like she sort of like jumps out of it. Well, she pulls herself out with her stand, which is not really necessary. She could have just moved. But okay. I also think realistically that would not have happened. Her whole body would have seized, and she would have either fell over outside of the puddle, or she would have just died. Oh, that's what would have happened realistically. That's what would have really happened. Wow. Well, that's just a theory. A JoJo theory. Gotta add the little ding and then the counter goes up. I think we're up to like numbers 17,300 something at this point. Probably. Uh, Please subscribe to our channel. It's called JoJo's Sins. Uh, We're going to be doing it forever. Forever. I hope not. Forever. (laughs) Don't worry, when Steel Ball Run comes out, uh, again, it'll be like three episodes of us trying to remember how to do this, and then eventually oh, I'm, get back I'm into sure it. The, I'm sure the logic of the Steel Ball Run is also impenetrable. I bet it makes more sense. Probably. I think the... F- I know that that happens in a different continuity. Yeah. I do understand that. So I bet him being able to have kind of a clean slate to work with and like drop some of the baggage about like, oh, stands can do this, but they can't do this would probably well, they still have stands. I know, but I'm saying that there are certain rules that stands universally play by in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And if he's doing it in a different continuity, he doesn't necessarily need to carry over those rules. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe that lack of like, uh, an inhibiting factor helps his storytelling out by the time he gets to part seven. I don't know, but possibly we'll find out in uh 2027. Oh, that's a very generous estimate. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be out by 2027. Oh boy. It's going to be Not all uh, of it. I don't know, gonna... but I think it will start by 2027. <laughs> It is going to be you doing this podcast alone at age 50 because I would have died from sort of some sort of like food related illness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I perished in my early 40s and now you got to do this shit. Um, Imperio needs to print something off of his computer. It's all done with computers. It is all done with computers. Uh, yeah. But he has a thing written about printing something, which is interesting because he doesn't have a printer. <laughs> so I don't know why he wrote it like that on his arm instead of being more specific about it. But I wonder if he like had this plan uh, with Stonefree in mind. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, he maybe wrote it down when he didn't necessarily understand the dynamics of the stand power, and so some of the information just got lost. Um. I also. So I think I might have also, shared this. The, uh, 
another thing. Mew Mew doesn't know how computers work because she just like shoots the monitor and is like, all right, job done. <laughs> Good enough. Uh, I might have shared just this press story control before. P Emporio. If you had a printer, I may have told this story before, but when I was a kid, I didn't have a computer. I didn't have the internet. I stayed the night at a friend's house and found out that the like official Pokemon website had Pokedex entries for every 150 Pokemon as individual pages. And so I printed out 150 sheets of paper, each one a different Pokedex entry on it. Cool. Using up all of my friend's mom's computer paper and ink. And so I, every time Emporio, who is probably about the same age I was when I did this, is just like, I got to print something. I'm just imagining it's a <laughs> stack of Pokédex entries. It's completely fucking meaningless to what's going on. The most I ever printed out was a uh, full fact for uh, Jump Superstars for the DS. Mm. Because every mission of that like has very specific win conditions. And so you have to actually know what it says to complete it i'm thinking of uh scrambling and downloading or i guess just copy and pasting really a whole bunch of faqs because i did not realize until the giant bomb thing started happening that fandom also owns game facts and they could at any time just delete all of those yeah and stuff like the golden eye lead pieces fact would then be lost to time <laughs> right or the one of Persona 2 where the guy was like a born-again Christian. Like, there are facts that must be preserved because they were written by weirdos. That weird perfect dark fact we found that time where the guy talked about liking to shoot civilians on that <laughs> one stage. Yes. <laughs> there was like a... God, there was like a Sonic Adventure one where he went on like a weird tangent of rating the characters based on like comic information or something like that it was like totally unrelated to anything else in the fact um i find it hard to believe that someone who would write a sonic fan would be completely deranged sonic fact i mean he's also a sonic fan yeah well actually i think the thing was that it was a faq for a game that wasn't related to sonic but he was like oh. ranking the sonic characters <laughs> okay. at the end of the faq or something like that um, there was that one I can't remember what it was for. Who like he kept taking like weird pot shots at Bill Gates. Great, take him down, Peg. Look, old old game facts need to be preserved because they were written by auteurs, and if Phantom decides to delete them from <laughs> the internet, first three letters, right? Well, one day I might get the remaining three. Wait, hold on. How many letters are in? before that's fine i'm allowed to mess up one uh mew mew shows up through the seam in the wall and is like uh you guys want to see my gun and just shoots a child <laughs> which is very good just like a cop yeah exactly um, how do you think she got to be lead guard at a florida prison it's <laughs> a very good point he had a ray gun it looked real enough I shot a kid. So there's, um, this is part of what, like, the concept for the stand falls apart from for me, is she's explaining that, like, if you see three people, 
Yeah, this does not make sense at all. If you see a whole group of people, like, you'll process the entire group of people, but you'll only be able to remember three of them, so the rest of the people will be invisible to you, and that doesn't make any sense because that sort of, like, dysfunction with object permanence would apply to literally everything. Yeah. And she says as much because she shoots more than three bullets, and the explanation is, well, you wouldn't see where the remaining bullets would go. So as long as I shoot three, I can nail you with whatever's left. Yes. So does she not make any sense because then you would see the bullet she fired later. And also she shot them all basically in the same spot anyway. So if she goes into like burning down the house, does she basically just go little boy computer piano water jug and then she forgets the little boy and doesn't see Imperio anymore? Uh, Their way around this also does not make sense. I'm also imagining her processing each object as being like the Donald Trump dementia test thing that he did where he's like, yeah, they they make you see an elephant on there and you go elephant and then you have a clean bill of health. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of remember what you're talking about, but they did like a mental, a mental fitness test. I know it was a thing where he says like, I'm the most mentally fit president we've ever had. And he was explaining the way the test works is they show you a picture of an elephant and you have to memorize like that. It's an elephant. And they ask you what you looked at. It's just like elephant. And then that means it was a whole dumb thing. Let's see right. if I look it up real quick. But um, how do they no, explain... don't do that because I could hear you clicking every time you click. Um, I'm doing but... it very quietly. <laughs> <laughs> but the way um, they get around it is Jolene looks in the puddle on the floor and is like, oh, because I looked at the puddle, then I see everything at once. Uh, and, oh, no. Because I guess that the idea here is the puddle would be considered one thing for her to remember. I know. And so she would. Except you're still seeing those objects within it. Yeah. Just as you would be seeing those objects within the air. Yeah. Uh, searching Donald Trump elephant just brings up a whole bunch of stuff about the uh, Republican Party in general, because, of course, elephant. oh, yeah, so yeah. Th- that's a not a good Google search. Um, yeah, I don't get the explanation out of it either, but there has been a lot of stand fights in the season where it seems that the answer to how to defeat the stand is incredibly contrived. Shocking. Yeah, yeah I know, but. I do like the bit, though, where she gets out of there and she has Mew Mew hostage. She manages to, like, get a bunch of punches in it. Severely mangles her. The (laughs) bit where she punches her head into the ground. Yeah. She also also puts a a thread in her forearm that says Avenge Emporio, which is really good. Yeah. Um, She just assumes Emporio is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, he got shot in the shoulder. Well, he has a really big hole, but yeah. Emporio's brain is in his shoulder. Emporio's he... full of brain. <laughs> oh no! You can't shoot him anywhere if he's full of brain. Uh, no, that's good because it's like it's decentralized. You can lose a little of it. <laughs> uh, so she holds a Mew Mew hostage. Something like 20 different guards show up and have her at gunpoint. Of course, she can only see like three of these well, no, she can see them all because now that she's incapacitated Mew Mew, she's released to the stand. Um, no, Mew Mew gets away because she can't see her anymore. 
No, I'm so what I'm doing is I'm actually skipping ahead a bit. I just now realized because well, I forgot stop. to bring up. Well, I forgot to bring up the whole part about like the printer thing is that you need to like get a page full of binary code. Yes. Then like Stone Ocean's thread runs over the code to make a picture <laughs> of Mew Mew. Not enough so, binary code for that, by the way. It's like a napkin he wrote some ones and zeros on. <laughs> Imperio on the ones and zeros. <laughs> Emporio also like has a bunch of numbers written on his arm, and I don't know what that's about. Never brings that up. Yeah. Um. So she gets this binary code generated image of Mew Mew, so she knows who the who she is, which makes her visible, and then knows to take her out because she's the stand user. She has just enough information to go off of. Uh, so she punches the crap out of her, which disables the stand. And then she is able to silently communicate to Mew Mew to turn the stand on the guards so they can just walk out of there. Because um, she drops three bullets, so that's all the guards are able to like process are the three bullets that fell on the ground. Sure, why not? Again, all very contrived, but uh, this also does get a really good bit where Mew Mew is being dragged <laughs> by a bunch of threads on the ground towards the medical wing because mm-hmm. uh, they need a patch emporio up and also Hermes is there yeah and uh they all decide they're gonna bust out of prison oh and we skipped earlier uh Hermes, uh apparently found out about foo fighters dying and pours one out for her, oh which is right nice. yeah yeah I'm, st- I'm bummed about foo fighters not being in this anymore yeah when abdol died stupid anna sweet when Avdol died, air quotes died, I didn't care because he was kind of a non-character up to that point. At least yeah. when he showed up again, apparently that gave him brain damage and made him cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I really do like, yes, I am uh, era Avdol. Yeah. Is that what he said or was it something yeah, else? Yeah, I think so. Yes, okay. I am. Uh, yeah, he does. Okay. I... Then when Abdul died for real, I was bummed out because by that point they get you to like him. Yeah. Uh, trying to think you of know, other JoJo tradition: just kill off basically everyone except the main character and maybe the one sidekick. I think so. Two thoughts about that. Uh, one, I'm trying to think of the last time we've had like a main party member die midway through a part, other than Sagechi, which I don't think really counts because he was only around for like a couple episodes before that that one guy in five just like disappeared uh he, he, yes he, he's just like i'm gonna go see you later well that's because iraqi wrote his stand in such a way that you couldn't do <laughs> yeah. anything with it yeah um, um yeah i'm not sure because the I only think time anybody's I... died this early yeah, the only times I can think of was part three, but that was a fake out death. And then uh, I guess relative to the entire like size of the story, maybe when Caesar died in part two. Didn't Abaccio die fairly Oh, early? yeah, yeah. He died maybe, yeah, like three-fourths of the way in. Yeah. And I guess that's about close to what we're at now that we're done with this set of episodes she maybe died like 60% of the way in something like that yeah but the jojo math yeah, uh pull out your graphing calculator it's like, it's tell exactly me how far half. in we are okay um but my other 
thought is oh, wait, that no, it's 38 episodes i was thinking 48 so yeah it's like uh two-thirds through my other thought is that all of the stardust crusaders have so far met with really bad fates yeah obviously iggy abdal um and uh Kekioin died uh yeah. in that part but Polnareff getting mangled and now trapped inside of a turtle, which I guess he's fine with, but still. <laughs> there, there are worse things, I guess. Yeah, it could be worse. He could be uh, Joseph, where he's completely senile. He, he could be Diavolo trapped in uh, infinite uh, deaths for eternity. Yeah, but then Jotaro now uh, basically being hooked up to the poop tube. <laughs> Stardust Crusaders having a bad time ever since killing Dio. Um, it's the curse. The curse of Dio. I guess. I guess. That's it but for... Jesus, what a mess. <laughs> That's it for uh, this week. A stand and deliver. Uh, next we... Oh, no, we're missing one thing. Uh, the bit where Father Pucci's sitting outside of grocery store and mm-hmm. he does not look good. <laughs> he looks great. Uh, this lady comes out, she drops her package of eggs and he catches it uh, while hyperventilating. <laughs> He's got a cool hat, though. <laughs> he does have a really cool hat. Um, and she's like, Father, are you, you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm just uh, fatigued. Just, just, I'm just let me touch you. I'm just tired. <laughs> um, touches her, screams, and gets the fuck out of there because, like, I guess his stand is like fast forwarding time on things that he comes in contact with because the eggs. Yep. So, two things. Well, her her hand starts, starts. Her watch starts yeah. spinning really fast, and she then gets her old lady hands longer, and her, yeah, her hands in general age. Larry, I need you to make the ding. We're adding another thing to the uh, counter. Eggs that you buy in the store. <laughs> Here we go. I knew you were going to mention have this. chickens in them. <laughs> That's not how eggs work. Wait, what? The hens lay the eggs. They're not. <sighs> Thought you were going to say the eggs you buy in the store aren't fertilized. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of how to biologically explain the process, but you <laughs> okay. point a rooster didn't stick his rooster ding dong into those hens laying the eggs they're unfertilized they can't do that it's not how it works Iraqi do you think every time you crack an egg Iraqi's on a Dan Reichert level of cracking an (laughs) egg into a pan and throwing the shells in there and wondering why they don't melt that's how you make egg whites what are you talking about (laughs) as someone who who like 90% of their diet is just cooking eggs and like throwing them into buns. I know a thing or two about this. (laughs) Anyway, the point is that Poochie is now at his destination. uh, Rocky getting horrified at the thought of a brundle, just being like, Oh my God, what did you do to those chickens? Poochie is uh, at the point where he will find heaven and it is Cape Canaveral. The end. What would a funnier place have been? Because I have an answer. Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) I was going to say Coney Island would have been a really good final setting. Heaven Uh, is at Coney Island. They kind of have to keep it in Florida at least. (laughs) 
Poochie's going to go to Coney Island and get himself some funnel cake. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's what heaven is to me. Heaven is a place on earth. And that place is Coney Island. It's a place where nothing ever really happens. Yeah. That's it for this week. But I, I, I do think it's interesting that I guess the last leg of episodes are all going to take place outside of the prison. I thought that we were going to yeah. be in there for the entire series. I thought the opposite. I thought just the beginning would be in the prison and then they would break out pretty quick. I guess we uh, neither of us got what we expected, did we? Or well, to be specific, I thought it it would spend like a while just focusing on getting out and then they would get out yeah. and then but yeah, yeah. Well, I think I mentioned early on I thought that this was going to go in a whole different direction too of like uh gangs of stand users and and stuff like the fragment of the arrow kind of getting passed around which i still think would be a cool idea not that i don't like where iraqi went with it but you didn't expect he would grow a cyberman and absorb that to reach a new form in cape canaveral i was not expecting iraqi to have one guy's forearm get completely shredded and then be like "Mm, yes seconds please and then do that again to (laughs) pushy But I'm glad he did. I uh, I think even though that this part has a bunch of inconsistencies with the stand powers in a possibly tighter concentration than what we've seen so far, I do like the overarching plot of it, and I've liked the characters quite a bit. Yep, um, I agree. I what my least favorite part is. I think... Mm, I think over time I've grown more fond of one and two. I think I probably liked... five is my least favorite. That's kind of where I Between fall Between five and too. three. See, I like three a lot. I, I liked the more sort of episodic structure of that one. I do. It's just it kind of goes too long. It does drag on a bit, yeah. But yeah, part one and two, I really like part two in particular because I think part two is just really 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 ridiculous from start to finish and it's like the perfect length it doesn't stay around for too long two um, does have lisa lisa has lisa lisa joe's joseph is still my favorite jojo hmm it's him or it's him or josuke yeah i like josuke yeah they're my top two i'd say jolene's probably i'd say my favorite is probably joseph josuke and then jolene did I ever tell you in uh, All-Star Battle, there's a move Josuke has where the uh, enemy makes fun of his hair and it turns him, it like gives him a rage mode where he <laughs> like awesome. does an angry walk towards them. Oh, I need to buy that game. No, you don't. Well, I need to buy it for cheap. That's been the main yeah. thing is waiting for the price to like get to the right point. Like I'd, I'd be willing to jump in on that for about 15 to 20 bucks. Yeah, sure that seems alright. It'll get there eventually, it just... I don't think it has yet, or if it has, I've it hasn't. missed it. Or I would okay. have gotten it for that, because yeah, yeah, Eyes of Heaven is like dirt cheap all the time, so it'll get there. Yeah. Bandai Namco stuff tanks yeah. immediately, usually. Yeah. Uh, but okay, next time, we'll be watching episodes 25 through 28. Man. So that's like uh, only four more recordings. Uh, yep, it will nice. be a 7 out of 10 next week. So we'll see you next time on Stand and Deliver. Oh no, my water fell over.
I'm gonna get that. gonna buy some wigs or right? can we stop for ice cream? What? Can we stop for ice cream? But can we stop for ice cream? Now you gentlemen gonna buy